Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.6 FM in Mangawung. Last week Friday, the Minister of Social Development finally announced the National Drug Master Plan. The document had been coming for a long time and the delay saw some of the crucial information in it being dropped. However, it does show a shift in focus from the unrealistic goal of a drug-free society, South African society specifically, to one of aiming to reduce the levels of dependence and harm that the use of certain drugs can cause. Joining us now, we have the South African network of of people who use drugs, and they believe that this shift will mean less criminalization of people who need help and hopefully a focus on the social challenges that have caused people in the first place to use drugs. Pertinent points, particularly the last point. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for your time. Mr. Sean Shelley, founding member and chairperson of the N. South African network of people who use drugs. Your preliminary thoughts. I think I like that last point. We're never going to eliminate drugs, and we certainly can eliminate them or handle them better if we dealt with the social challenges that pertain, as opposed to going to the tail end, dealing with the person who's on drugs. Fair point. Your thoughts. Yeah. uh, Thank you for having me on the show for a start. And yes, I agree with you totally. Um, We should be approaching this from a different way because what we've been doing just doesn't work. You know, we've been trying this for 60 years now, and uh, the punitive prohibitionist approach has not worked. We've got more drugs, cheaper prices, better quality, and uh, a lot of harms that are associated with trying to eradicate drugs from the world. Um, So I believe that we should focus on the things that drive dependent drug use, which are largely associated with a sense of dislocation where the drug takes on undue meaning and salience. But we must remember that the majority of people who use drugs actually don't suffer huge consequences, except if they get arrested. What do you mean by that? They don't suffer huge consequences except for if they get arrested. I'm thinking about now the loss of amenities that come with being dependent on drugs in the first place, never mind being arrested. The fact that one is so dependent on a substance for one's engagement with oneself, I suppose. Isn't that a a loss in itself? It's a loss of facility, loss of body faculty, isn't it? So, So for some people... The majority of people who use drugs will never reach this stage or meet the criteria for a drug dependence. That's the majority of them. I see. Uh, and I that's see. a well-proven fact. But even those that do, um, there are some people that basically are dependent on a drug because it actually has some benefits to them, and they can't access a pharmaceutical version of it. So, for example, if you think about people who've got severe ADHD, um, the stimulants work for them, and they get prescribed to them. But if you've never seen a psychiatrist, if you've never had a diagnosis, and you mm. discover mm. an illegal stimulant like methamphetamine or amphetamine, and it works for you, that's great. You know, you, you're dependent on it, but it's not causing chaos in your life. What does cause chaos in your life is coming into contact with the criminal justice system and perhaps also having to come into contact with people who are involved in an, a criminalized system to get the drug. And we've seen that now with the cigarette situation in South Africa. A lot of people uh, who can't buy cigarettes are going to extreme measures to get it, and, and I've had a number of people say to me, look, I feel like a criminal at this stage. And we know that if you're criminalizing a large portion of the population, it leads to a disrespect for the law and compromises the ability to police. So this has got severe consequences. Let me just engage. I'm actually quite interested in this. Um, you, I, I understand you to mean 
that the drug user is only at best a danger to oneself and becomes an increasing danger if they are subject to the criminal justice system. Is, is it fair to look at a drug user in isolation to family, to friends, to broader society, colleagues, the environment, in terms of, yes, I'm not on drugs, but I am as affected by drugs if somebody who is either dependent on me or is a spouse is heavily dependent on drugs or is one way or the other affected by drugs because of their continued use of drugs, not even whether or not they are dependent. But surely the effect is not just on the individual, but on society. Absolutely. Um, But a lot of that is constructed. So the first thing that somebody thinks about when they hear that perhaps their kid or the spouse is on drugs is panic. Because we, we, we know the story. We know what's going to happen. They're going to end up dependent. They're going to end up stealing. They're going to end up on the streets. But that is not necessarily the, the truth of the matter if we handled it in a slightly different way. Um, so when something is illegal and you and you engaging in it, it, it puts you into a quite a difficult situation. So I'm not saying by any manner of means, let's forget about the family and that. These are very serious issues. But we could teach families to handle the situation better. For example, for many years, there was this approach of tough love. Now, tough love has been shown in study after study to actually cause more harm than good. Whereas if you find a a medium medium way of dealing with it and supporting the person through difficult times, we find that most people will actually stop using drugs dependently and sometimes, a lot of the time, in fact, stop using them at all. In fact, uh, in population size studies, you know that 73% of people will resolve their issues with drugs without any treatment, just on a change of circumstances. Unfortunately, in the South African context, circumstances often don't change and people are marginalized. They don't get the chance of economic um, opportunity or partaking in a formal economic environment. And so the, the problems perpetuate themselves. And we spend a huge amount of money. 48% of all prosecutions in South Africa are drug-related for possession of drugs. That's a huge amount of money. And it means our prisons are overcrowded. If we took that money and we put it into supporting people from much younger, right through a continuum of care, we would see that we'd have a lot less problematic drug use. We're in conversation with Mr. Sean Shelley. We are talking specifically about the Department of Social Development's National Drug Master Plan. It's a 2019 to 2024 plan, five-year plan, one year in, and it was only launched very recently. Sean, of course, is the founding member and chairperson of the South African Network of People Who Use Drugs. Your thoughts on drugs, the community, the effect, rehabilitation, who the real enemy is in this particular instance. Think about the social causes that might create the conversation about drug and drug use. And a question for you specifically Sean and you can I mean Sean sorry and you can answer it after the break is is it fair that generally speaking drugs are seen as a poor person's problem the middle class upper middle class and even the wealthy class there is a strong usage of drugs but because they don't interface if you like with the criminal justice system as easily as would those who are very poor, then we tend to think that it is only a problem of poor people, whereas in reality, this problem cuts across class and all manner of other social breakdowns or or barriers, so to speak. But unfortunately, in one sector of society, it's not as taboo as it is with another. I'd be interested in your thoughts on that, please, right after the break. Songhe Zomapete on SAFM. 
National Drug Master Plan 2019-2024. We're in conversation with Mr. Sean Shelley, the South African National, the South African Network of People Who Use Drugs. He is the founding member and chairperson. He's going to answer a question just now, and I would love your thoughts on this conversation. Have you been affected by drugs? Your thoughts, what you would have hoped to have seen, what got you on drugs, what got you off drugs, being in relation to somebody who has been a substance user and a dependent, even easy. Are you growing weed and how wonderful has your life since been? Talk to us about the high days. Sean, your response to my question before the break, please. So your question about whether it's a poor people's problem. The problem is that people use drugs right throughout any um, echelon of society. What happens, mm. as you correctly pointed out, is certain people get caught using drugs. And so that enters the, the sort of public domain and the newspapers and that. And it was interesting because a little while ago in the Western Cape, there was a young man who was arrested for taking Ritalin, which is a Schedule uh, 6 drug, to a school in the southern suburbs. And he was from uh, one of the Cape Flats communities. And nobody mentioned the fact that he was simply taking advantage of a demand that was already existing. And yet he's probably going to get a criminal record. He's probably going to suffer for the rest of his life because of that, whereas the, the kids in the expensive schools are never going, nobody's going to know about it, you know, and at the worst, if they develop a problem, they'll go off to a private rehab for a little while, which arguably mm. does very little good, but eventually, you know, life will take over. At the very top end of the, the rich society, we see that there are some people who develop serious problems um, with drugs, and there again, it's uh, usually because they're feeling this great sense of psychosocial dislocation, and in the poorer communities, what happens is everybody um, looks down at somebody or stigmatizes somebody who's using drugs. So they don't get the opportunity to develop through it or to grow out of it. They get uh, criminalized and they get um, ostracized and they don't get the opportunity of going into you know, a thousand rand a day rehab or something like that. And so it becomes a perpetual cycle because the best predictor of whether somebody's going to come into contact with the criminal justice system or not for somebody, mm. two individuals, say, uh, using cannabis at school, is whether one of them gets caught or not. That is the predictor, sure. which tells us our interventions are, uh, interventions are worse than doing nothing at all, which is very problematic. Um, and look, I understand why people panic about drugs, because they've been set up as a very politically expedient target. I'm not saying that drugs don't carry any harms with them. Everything carries harm with it. But, you know, we don't stop people from climbing the mountain because it causes harm. What we also don't do is we don't tell them that they can't buy ropes or they can't use ropes. We, t we don't tell them that they can't uh, do it in a safer way. And that, um, and the same way with, with, with drugs, what we do is we, uh, in exactly the opposite way, should I say, we criminalize the people, we put them into jail, they come out of jail, they've got no mm. economic opportunity, and they get recruited into the gangs or, or get recruited A question on that. Recidivism, yeah. A question on that, because I think... I, I agree with what you're saying for the most part, and I would only then hasten to say, and part of the problem is the policing of drugs. You will scarcely find a random search and seizure in exactly. Watercliffe, Pretoria, or in Northcliffe, Johannesburg, or in Constantia, in Cape Town, or Rondebosch. But you will quite easily see that happening in Alex here in Johannesburg. You will see that happening in Tanzania, in the Eastern Cape, yes. very easily. You will see that happening in Bella. People just literally walking, kicking down doors and saying randomly, no search warrant, no reason at law. 
to be doing that and doing it, getting away with it. And of course, if you look hard enough for something that you're looking for, you will find it. So the disproportionate state intervention, even in this process, is part of the problem then, surely? Absolutely. And it compromises policing absolutely because all police become is a state-sanctioned gang. And they actually end up working for the gangs because if, if uh, one gang is feeding competition from another, they just, you know, they, they provide some information, doors get kicked down, and that puts those people out of operation for a while. Um, and it's a, it's a futile attempt at policing something that is essentially a social problem and not a police problem. And when you uh, force people to police the unpoliceable, they, they do radical things. And if we look at our uh, performance plan for SAPs, it was the only uh, crime that they were looking for an increase in arrests was on drug-related crime. Everything else they wanted it to be flat or to be a decrease in arrests. They wanted a 43% increase in drug-related crime. Uh, I think that was in 2018 or 2019. That would have meant that basically you would have arrested a number equivalent to 1% of the South African population, which is massive. And when you look at those kind of figures, you realize that it compromises policing to the core because police need to work with communities. And when you're criminalizing the community, you're opening yourself up to a lot of problems and also opening yourself up to corruption. Because what's the point of now going and arresting somebody who's going to be out the next day? Sure, their lives are ruined because they've sure. got a criminal record now, but as a police officer, you're being told you're not doing your job or you're not meeting your quota. So, you know, you take the 100 grand instead, and it compromises the whole way that we, we view law enforcement, especially in South Africa with a legacy of apartheid policing, where we're using exactly the same tactics that we used during the apartheid years to police communities now with warrantless searches, kicking down of doors, and even when there is a warrant, it's very dubious the way that the investigations take place. It's literally a shotgun kind of approach. Well, this will be my final question, and you've literally got a minute to respond to this. Please stop talking at 20 hours. Is then this plan by government, in your view, going to advance the work that you guys are doing? Are they working with you or against you, essentially? I think there are a lot of good intentions in the plan, but it's light on detail and it's light on authority for the Central Drug Authority to actually take responsibility um, for implementing the plan. And I think they need to look at an independent drug authority that's more uh, better resourced and better resourced, should I say. Does this mean now we can look forward to another plan in 2024? Because this one, on what little account you've just given us, is there's a paucity in terms of the meat that really should be taken into account for the purposes of dealing with drugs at a social level. Fortunately, this plan does say that it's a living document and it can be altered during the course of the term of the plan. And I hope that it will be, be strengthened during that time. Oh, well, certainly. You're more than welcome to come back and tell us if that does, in fact, happen. But for now, we wait with bated breath. The 2019 plan being implemented in 2020, so there's four years left of this. Mr. Sean Shelley, founding member and chairperson of the South African Network of People Who Use Drugs. Thank you then so much for your time. I really appreciate the exposure. Thank you.